The following program is underwritten by... It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care rather than pain and punishment. That's why Dr. Roger Mugford from the Company of Animals created the Pet Corrector, which allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like barking with a simple... Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Uh, Judy has booked an amazing show once again. Here are the toll-free numbers, one 866 405 405. It spells absolutely nothing. <laughs> but uh, it does have a little ring to it. one 405 8405 And on the other end, Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions and dog father Joey Villani with your grooming questions. On the show today, Tracy Stewart. And this is kind of interesting. Who's Tracy Stewart, you're saying? Well, you know John Stewart from The Daily Show. He hosted uh, The Daily course. Show up until, what, six months ago? That's where I got my news. Anyway, <laughs> I tried to get him on the show because... Around the uh, Daily Show, they have all kinds of animals and dogs that yeah, are always on the set, behind on the, the scene. The, and, yeah, just yeah, in the and producers' the and writing right. room. We wanted to find out about those. And so you started pursuing him about a year ago, and then the show left. And we found out it that ended. his wife, Tracy Stewart, is the biggest animal advocate you could think of. Who knew? She's uh, written a book. She has many, many animals, and we're going to talk to her in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio, as well as Rachel Rienstra. You know her from the ABC weekend television show called The Wildlife Docs. Joey Villani, what are you working on for today's show? Well, you know when the dog gets in the paint bucket? Well, we're gonna, I'm going to tell you the easiest way to get the paint off the coat. Dog oh. gets into the paint bucket. That yeah, you, ever, you never painted, and, and, and the dog um, wanted to help you paint, and... <laughs> Then you have to paint the dog. Keep the dog away from that if I'm doing something like that. Okay. What? Well, how did this happen? Is this a, a friend of yours or a client? It's it's actually it's actually a neighbor. It's a neighbor three houses up. Okay. So you're gonna tell us how to get paint out of your dog? Any kind of special paint, acrylic paint? I guess it would be house paint. Any type of paint. It's good to know just in case your dog ever gets into paint. You'll want to know today how to get that paint off. Also, uh, in the newsroom, we have Lori Brooks working so hard. What do you have for this hour? Well, Hal, we're going to tell you what your spit might have to do with your mental health. What Actually, let me say that again. <laughs> what your dogs... <laughs> What your dog's spit has to do with your mental health. Which actually sounds even more bizarre. Yeah. It is. Okay, well, that's on the way. Let's go to the phones for your calls first. We have Jackie on the phone. Hi, Jackie. Hi. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Napomo, California. Oh, I know where that is. Just it's down- between Santa Barbara and L.A. Down the street from us. So what's going on in Napomo? Okay, well, I have this little parakeet I've had. He's nine months old now. I got him when he was six weeks old, took him directly to the vet for his initial exam, and my uh, vet, Tony, uh, recommended that I switch him over to pellets. So okay, I yeah. have been trying all these months. Tony guided me. First, I meshed, you know, meshed the pellets up to a powdery form, introduced a little bit of that to his seed. He had mm-hmm. been on seed. Uh, that did no good then. I, I started using, he loves um, broccoli. So I, and he'll eat the broccoli out of my hand, so I put a few of the, a bit of that uh, powdery pellets. He, he, would, he wouldn't eat 
he wouldn't touch the broccoli with that in it. Oh, dear. <laughs> I know. I know that little guy. Uh, so gradually, and, and I've been adding, I still give him the seed, but I add always add half of the the pellets, because I do want mm-hmm. him to get them on pellets. Tony says that's a very healthy way to go. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to know what your suggestions are. I Even at playtime, I I make try to make the pellets fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and I, I definitely agree with your avian veterinarian because we know that the old seed diets that you'd go to pet stores and see birds in cages and they'd all have cups of seeds. We right. know that it's convenient, but it's not the best diet for birds. And the right. reason is because seed diets are very high in fat and they're very poor in nutrients. So mm-hmm. the fat content of seed diets is upward of 40%, whereas some of the pelleted diets are more um, balanced at around 15%. So when you have all that extra fat, you get fatty liver disease, bad stuff. You get nutritional deficiencies. So, yes, we definitely want to get away from that seed. Now, the ideal balance of diet for most birds and most paras, we should say, um, would be 70% would be of a pelleted formulated bird food. And this is meaning more of like those still colored little pieces that you see in different shapes. Um, And there's different sizes for all different types of birds from small to large parrots. Then we would go 20% of the diet would be that of a seed mix and preferably organic seed mixes or seeds, you know, in the nutshell itself. And then 10% is going to be fresh fruits and vegetables. So that's kind of the layout of the land. Now to get there from a bird that isn't already doing that can be difficult depending on how long they've been doing it. You have a relatively young guy there, so that's great. Um, so that means some of our patterns are not going to be as, as established as a bird who's been eating it for five to six years. Yeah. So um, the, the method of what, what you're doing where you're adding a little bit of the new food to the existing seed cup can work for some birds and gradually increasing it in 10% increments over time. And in, in many birds, we, within a couple of weeks, we can convert them. And the problem I see with a lot of birds, though, is they just kick those other things out that they don't want, and then they eat the seed. And they really never kind of learn to convert. They just learn how to mess the bottom of their cage up. So, so that doesn't work for every bird. I do like, especially with a budgie, I do like the idea of using foraging techniques. So when you say you're being social, introducing the food, that's where I would really focus on your efforts on. Okay. Um, and foraging, uh, just for people who don't understand this or knew this, is, is basically what birds do in the wild. You know, they don't go out there in the wild and just walk up to a tree and the food is sitting there in a cup. They actually have to go look for it and work for it. And that means finding it, digging it out from underneath things, um, cracking open nuts. So they're actually spending a good majority of their time. And in some birds, it's actually six to about 15 hours of the day they spend doing this. Uh, when we compare this to birds in captivity, it's like half an hour they spend uh-huh. eating. So they're really kind of bored in those cages. Okay. The, the ways that I would introduce this, uh, to use a little bit of bird psychology. So we know birds tend to, to really eat in the very early morning times of the day and right before bedtime. Right. So what I like to do is use that time as social time and okay. not have that seed mixture in the cage at that time. Okay. But to get your bird out, and I'm assuming he's a little hand-tame fella, you got him that young, so he must be hand tame. So get him out and get him and get a nice flat surface. So you know, get on the floor and you can put down some white sheets of paper, okay. um, or even better, you can get a small mirror, 
and you put the seed, or I'm sorry, you put the pellet on that surface, and then you play mama bird. So you basically go down on the floor, make little pecking sounds with your fingertip, and you peck around like you're playing with that food. And Do- it kind of Do- doctor. N- I'm yeah. laughing because you're talking to an 88-year-old lady, and I can see me on the floor. If I get down there, okay. I'll never be able to get up again. All right. We <laughs> so have I'll, modifications. I'll, I'll do what Definitely modifications here. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, put, so, I'll do it on the table. <laughs> exactly. Do it at a table and just have a chair so you're about the sure. right height so you're at the same level as your bird okay Um, but you basically are going to tap around act like you're picking it up make little sounds like you're cracking seed and then kind of like push a little bit of this over to your bird and you're going to find that she's going to end up getting interested in what you're doing and birds are very social creatures they learn from flock behavior Uh so she's going to be learning from you and mimicking your behavior and looking to see what's so interesting so you do that and that becomes kind of a what we call flock foraging uh, method of trying to get interest into these pelleted foods okay and then pellets are fun exactly exactly yeah and the mirror helps because that also kind of mimics other birds So, you know, she sees another bird pecking at the pellet, and she's going to be like, oh, okay, everyone else is doing it. That's a great Um, idea. I am going to follow that. And now I'll let Dr. Tony know if it works. I'll let him know where I got the information in. Thank you so much. All righty. Okay, now, uh, as far as these other brands, shall I keep trying to change and see if one that he likes? I oftentimes will kind of mix a a group of different ones because some birds really dig the different shapes and colors. Okay. So um, I might use, if they accept one brand, I'll go right to that. But otherwise, you may need to offer different types of pelleted foods and just see what tends to work and what your bird is drawn to um, because they're all different. Okay, I'll do that. I'll have a schedule with my little guy in the morning and the evening and uh, play bird. Yes, and you can still do your gradual mixing technique during the day where you have a little bit of seed and a little bit of pellet um, okay. because we don't want to take away the food completely, but we want to limit the time the seed is available. So you, if we're not eating really well while you're doing that, you know, watch the droppings in the cage. Then maybe later in the afternoon you'll end up giving some seed and the pellet mixture inside yeah. the cage. And, yeah, uh, yeah I'm and a, then, I'm a, I, uh, I count his droppings every day. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I look for the number 40 all the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, doctor. Okay. Well, good and luck I with enjoy, things. And I enjoy your program very much. It's very informative. Well, thank you for, so much for listening from Nipomo right. today. Jackie calling in toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. What was your expression? 40 drops of poop? Oh, my gosh. Is that a lot of poop? <laughs> to me, it is. I didn't yeah, know you were supposed to count little, it. When you're a little budgy, they're, you know, they're little turdlets, you know. <laughs> Turdlets. Because they don't urinate, don't they? Just, it all comes out. Everything is mixed. Yes. So, yeah, they have urine, they have a urate, and then they have the solids. Why wasn't that done for humans? (laughs) Excuse me? Just get it all done once. (laughs) That was a good call. I like that one. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Company of Animals. We all want a dog that runs around and plays and has a lot of fun. But having a dog who chases other dogs or people, not so fun. If you have a chaser, chances are you're getting tired of calling him back and running after him. If this sounds like you, I encourage you to learn more about the pet corrector from the Company of Animals. One simple little hiss like this... 
will solve your problem. Learn more over at companyofanimals.us. And thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hey, Belinda, how are you? Fine. How are y'all today? Good. Where are you today? I am in eastern North Carolina. Eastern North Carolina. I love your accent. I love that southern accent. How can we help you? you? Well, I've got a question regarding an infection that has been reoccurring on my dog. She's a two-year-old flat-coated retriever. Okay. And would start getting little spots on her stomach like fire ant bites. And at first, that's what I thought it was and just made sure to kill them all and get them gone. But Mm -hmm. it would get worse where she's biting at it and scratching and licking like crazy. Okay. So my vet um, had us try prednisone, and that would clear it up until the prednisone, would, we would wean her off of it. Mm-hmm. And we tried two rounds with that. And a friend of mine, she has a cocker spaniel with similar problems, and they discovered it was a yeast infection. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I tried some shampoo that has, I've got an article in front of me, I can't find it, but had a like 2% medicine in it. Mm-hmm. And her stomach, it cleared it up. Um, it's been white, no problems whatsoever. The problem now is it won't go away from the skin behind her pads as the okay. foot comes up on the leg. And someone mentioned food. She had been eating Benefil, and they okay. recommended a premium. Um, you got a pet smart to get. And her stomach is still good, but her feet are better, but she's still licking and biting at them, and the, and okay. the fur is gone. All right. So I was just saying she had some ideas. Oh, sure do. Uh, Labradors, of course, are my love. <laughs> um, but they are uh, definitely, um, a lot of these retrievers, man, they really have these skin problems. And a couple things you said really kind of like little exclamation points were going up in my head as you were saying that. One is that some of her signs did improve with uh, prednisone, which is a steroid. Helps a lot with types of allergies and inflammation problems. So, um, yeast is a certain problem that can happen on the skin, but it isn't commonly a single issue, meaning that yeast comes along for the ride along with something else. And it's very possible that your baby has some su- sort of seasonal and or food-related allergy. So mm-hmm. definitely my first thought is not that I'm going to bash Beneful because it's you know it certainly has its place. But mm-hmm. for a pet who has these suspicious signs, I would go a little bit more than just a special food that you pick up at PetSmart, I'd talk to your veterinarian about getting on a hypoallergenic diet. Um, There's lots of different ways we can manage this, um, but it's very important to get on a food that's very restricted either in the types of ingredients, uh, what we call a novel protein or novel ingredient diet, Mm -hmm. or to go to a hydrolyzed protein diet. And we need to go to that for about eight weeks to see if we see improvement in the overall skin condition. That would be one thing that I'd say is a must for your dog. The other thing is that, you know, I would like to find out more about when these little plaques and these little things are on the skin and look at that under the microscope and see. If we do have yeast and we do have maybe even bacteria there, 
then I would tackle things also in another direction, not just with a shampoo, but in many cases we'll have to add an oral medication along with that. And some pets with yeast infections, we can just bathe bathe and bathe in a bathe cycle and keep that going, but not really get to the heart of it. And yeast, if anyone who has a athlete's foot knows, can take a long time to treat. So anything we can do to help speed that along, and that would include adding an oral anti-yeast medicine into the mix of things. So if that is appropriate for your pet, then I would certainly do that in addition to the, uh, maybe it's a ketoconazole-based shampoo that you may have been using. Um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty typical. So that might be something else. Um, but I think really the food trial with a hypoallergenic diet and then finding out if we do in fact have yeast or bacteria there and then seeing if we can get around that and uh, um, you know get, ar- get around the right medications for that. So. Okay, well, I appreciate it. Thanks for your call, right. Belinda. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good day. 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. Did that get your attention? That's how it works on your dog, correcting undesirable behaviors. It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care, rather than pain or punishment. The Pet Corrector allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like excessive barking, stealing food or shoes, or chasing people and dogs. With a simple, you can stop all these problems. Find out more at www.companyofanimals.us and get the dog you've always wanted. Right, Max? I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places, too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Hi, this is Clive Pierce from HGTV. You're listening to Animal Radio. Remember, your next pet, your next life soulmate, is waiting for you at the shelter today. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Welcome back. It's Animal Radio. This is where we're gaga about our pets. We're celebrating the connection every weekend. And you can call our vet or our groomer toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. Uh, Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions and groomer Joey Volani with your uh, grooming questions. And in the newsroom, Miss Lori Brooks. What are you working on over there? Well, you know how if you were in Australia, maybe on vacation or whatever. I wish. You live there. (laughs) You'd think nothing if you're you're washing dishes, looking out there, and you see a kangaroo, right? No big. Sure, sure. 
If you're in Ohio, you take a peek out the living room window and you see a kangaroo hopping down your street. That's a little unusual. Sure is. So, yes, and it just happened recently. We'll tell you about uh, some folks in Ohio and this cute little guy that, well, not so little, (laughs) but uh, this kangaroo. I the neighbors. Wacky neighbors, probably. Time to put down the bottle. Okay. Also on the show in just a few minutes, Rachel Reinstra. I hope I'm... Reinstra. Reinstra? Reinstra. Reinstra. That's a good Dutch name. Is it Dutch? I was wondering what that was. Uh-huh. She is. Uh, she does have that Dutch look. She does look. She, she's, she's a hottie. She hottie. She's also on Wildlife Docs on ABC Saturday morning. She's been on a lot of things like HGTV. I've watched it a few times. It's, yeah. it's actually a pretty good show. She's also a comedian, so hopefully she'll make us laugh. Yep, she's a stand-up comedian. She's on the way. Also, Tracy Stewart, John Stewart's wife. Better half. Better half. <laughs> and I can safely say that. She's uh, working with the animals. She's written a book about the animals. And in fact, she'll tell us about, hopefully, at least I'll ask about John Stewart and his relationship with the animals. Yeah. Coming up in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Does your dog ignore you? Does he just sit there when you call his name? Well, there's a possibility he doesn't know his name. Seems obvious, but it's not when you think that both of you speak a different language, and a lot of the time, owners combine the dog's name with a command, leaving the dog to think his name could possibly be, Toby, get out of that garbage right now. Experts say dog training for names should start when you first bring the dog home, but it's never too late. Teach your dog his name by saying his name and giving him a treat or a toy. His name should always be a positive thing, and experts advise not combining the name when reprimanding him. Within a week, you should get the respect you've been missing from a very attentive dog. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. It's time for another Nutrilife pet tip. Our senior pets need a little extra love, a little extra special care. You should try switching your elderly pet over to one of those orthopedic pet beds. That'll help their achy joints as they lay down. It'll be a little more cushiony for them. I'll tell you, it's done wonders for me. <laughs> also, if you use ramps or steps to help your dog on the couch or into the car, that'll make life so much easier. The nutritional needs may change as your dog gets older, and you may have to switch up their diet for his or her age. That was a Nutrilife pet tip. Visit NutrilifePet.com. Sadly, many dogs suffer with weak joints, affecting their ability to walk. Thankfully, there's Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Nutrilife Pet with Sam E., the proven supplement for joint health. Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Nutrilife Pet can help restore your animal's quality of life. Buy one box of Ultra Joint and Liver Support and get one free by using coupon code ANIMALRADIO. Order yours at www.nutrilifepet.com. And get your pet up and running. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Brought to you by Doctors Foster & Smith Pet Pharmacy. With prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Dogs were the first animals that people domesticated, and so sadly, they also suffer from many of the same difficult-to-treat psychiatric and neurological diseases that humans do. But to work on this, a brand-new citizen science research project called Darwin's Dogs has been founded. Now, together with animal behavior experts, they've put together a series of short surveys about everything from diet to behavior to personality. Any dog can participate 
participate, and it's absolutely free. And you get to be a part of science. Now, once you fill out the survey, they will send you a kit to collect a small saliva sample from your dog for DNA analysis, and they will share any information that they find. So by figuring out how a genetic change purposefully or accidentally is bred in by humans leads to a change in behavior, they say they hope to decipher the pathways in the brain involved in psychiatric and neurological diseases that we share with dogs. And we already know that some of these include anxiety, PTSD, OCD, phobias, narcolepsy, epilepsy, even dementia. Well, Prince Harry ended his tour of South Africa recently by reinforcing his commitment to supporting his brother's crusade to protect endangered animals. The standout moment of this trip by far was during Harry's visit to Kruger National Park when he was flown into the center of the park to see the carcass of a very rare white rhino that was killed along with her calf by poachers. Harry's brother, Prince William, though, has already put himself at the center of efforts to raise awareness of the growing threat to endangered animals from the illegal wildlife trade. The owners of a kangaroo found hopping down a street in Ohio, yes, Ohio, say they still can't figure out how it got away from its home at a retreat nearby for rescued animals. The three-year-old male kangaroo named Foster was, though quietly standing with police when his owner did arrive to retrieve him last week. Luckily, the officer knew Foster's caretakers would be pretty worried about him, so he called them and they quickly arrived to pick up the kangaroo. Of course, though, Think about it. Kangaroos can jump, but they say that they are certain that Foster could not have made it over the eight-foot-tall fence that surrounds his heated barn in which he lives. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Rimadil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Stella and Chewy's believes that selecting the best food is one of the most important decisions an owner can make for their pet. We believe that pets thrive when they're fed the same diet they'd get in the wild. Dogs and cats are carnivores, and meal mixers are a quick and convenient way to mix a little raw nutrition and great taste into their diet. Made from premium raw ingredients like grass-fed meat and cage-free poultry with organic fruits and vegetables, meal mixers help kickstart your kibble. Learn more at StellaAndChewy's.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. We'll head back to the phones in just a second. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. When I was a kid, way back then... That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. You would turn on the TV on Saturday morning, and there would be nothing but cartoons. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. Now you turn on the TV, and there's a bevy of animal shows. You have Lucky Dog on NBC, and you have Wildlife Docs on ABC, and the host 
Rachel Reinstra is with us. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing? Hey, and I remember those days on Saturday mornings where <laughs> there was a few things. There was, you know, Bucks Money, there was Schoolhouse Rock, so there was a little bit of educational programming, but not just, just the cartoons were what I looked forward to. But now it's so exciting to be part of a show that is fun and, and educational and has to do with animals. It's it's an awesome thing. It also teaches our kids to be appreciative and compassionate towards the animals at a young age. Absolutely. And you know, I find that all kids love animals. I don't know what happens as we get older, and maybe, you know, the adults love them too, but kids are so much more fascinated with animals. So it's so great to get them at a young age and then also inspire and educate them about animals that they might not have a chance to see. Now, you were also fascinated by animals as a child. It seems like you've been dealing with animals all your life. <laughs> Dealing with, I can say dealing with, because lately my, my dog has been having some issues, but I've just always been an animal lover. I, I can't remember not. I just remember, I even, when my dog had to be put outside because he was seeing in the house, you know, he got old enough. My parents couldn't find me one morning, and so, you know, it's kind of scary as parents to wake up and your child is not in bed. Oh, yeah. And so they, you know, put out, they called the police, and they, and... Of course, my brother thought about it and said, oh, my gosh, we just put Dino in a doghouse because he can't stay inside anymore. So they looked, and there I was curled up with about eight blankets to keep my dog warm because this is back in Michigan where I knew he would be cold at night. <laughs> and you were in the doghouse. I was in the doghouse keeping him warm with, like, eight blankets just asleep in this little doghouse. <laughs> my brother said when I got married, he said, don't, uh, don't worry if you're ever in the doghouse. That's a good place to be. I know that. <laughs> I spent, uh, I spent what, three weeks in the doghouse? Literally in a doghouse to raise money for an SPCA. And oh my gosh, that's great! I didn't know that. What a great idea. How was it? Put a new meaning to living in the doghouse. You know, it's. <laughs> yeah, the, the first time he did it was on the streets of Alaska, and the second time he did it was on the streets of Virginia. Okay. Well, you didn't tell us you were homeless. Were you just really. Like, no, 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 no. I wasn't homeless. I, I did this uh, on my own. And I had a nice bed, warm bed where my cats were sleeping while I was out in the doghouse and Aww. on the street corner. But anyway, this is not about me. I want to talk about the third season of the Wildlife yes. Docs, Emmy nominated, by the way. So yes. you got to be doing something right. Well, this, so this show focuses on all the animal caretakers at Bush Gardens in Tampa, Florida, and all the 10,000 species there. And, you know, you think about it. When you go to an animal sanctuary and you see all these animals, you think, this is lovely, but you never really think about how do they get fed, how are they taken care of, and especially the ones that are wild. I mean, from hyenas to elephants to hippos to meerkats. I mean, you think, who takes care of all these animals? And this is an inside look at what happens sort of behind the scenes of in a day-to-day basis. So we can't even script the show. We don't know what's going to happen because you can't predict, uh, you know, if a, a, an otter has to have a, a, a root canal you had something wrong with this. You can't predict that. You know what I mean? It's all an observation and taking really good care of these animals and seeing the issues that come up with them and then addressing that. So you get a, you get a really close look at the veterinarians. That's why it's called Wildlife Docs. Any day you want to switch jobs, you just let me know, okay? <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty good. As you can tell, I'm pretty good at talking. I, I could switch jobs with you for a week or so. I was going to say, you have much more energy than Hal does. I feel like there's a story behind that. Yes. Um, no, I, I, I absolutely. I feel I feel really honored to to give voice to animals in any way that I can, and representing them is one of the best things about having this job. So, and I love what you guys do, and having animal radio. That's look at that. Isn't that great? We have so much fun doing it, and uh, we get to bring our pets to work, and that's the best 
oh, part of the I job. I love that. You have a new fan in me, for sure. Well, thank you so much. Have, yes. you, have you done all your Christmas shopping yet? I have not. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm one of those last-minute procrastinators, but it makes it, you know, exciting because you got to get it all done in a day. Do you? Uh, do you have pets? I do. I have two rescues. Oh, do you buy them Christmas presents? Uh, no, no. I mean, they. Every day is Christmas for my animals. Trust me. <laughs> I understand that. I completely understand that. They, I can't even imagine giving them. I mean, they they get treated like they they run the household. So you know, they, every day they don't even realize how uh, how awesome it is. They get a little extra love at Christmas for sure. But um, we take I take them to the beach and they waddle through the water. They're little tiny Chihuahua mixes. So Aww, I love the little guys. <laughs> Go give them a hug from all of us here, okay? I will, I will. They, I don't know. One, the one looks like a little bat. I, I, I'll give him a hug for you, but you might, <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he doesn't sleep hanging upside down. Uh, we have one of those. <laughs> Take, I imagine you guys do. All right, when, when can I hear you guys? Well, uh, you know, we're sort of like you. It's uh, Saturday and Sunday, depending on whatever station it is. But you right. can find all the stations over at AnimalRadio.com. Or listen Wonderful. to it right off the website or download the free Animal Radio app. You got it. Download the website or the Animal Radio app. I'm doing that right when we get off the phone. Rachel, thanks so much for hanging with us today. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. There she goes. Just an amazing woman there doing... She's a multitasker. I, we really is. didn't talk about that, but she's also a comedian. She's written a book. She's written a book, and she's one of those ladies that juggles yeah. a lot of things, and a lot of them for the animals. She was also on Design to Sell. That's actually where I first saw her, on really? HGTV. On, on what? Design to Sell on HGTV. I don't remember her. Yeah, back at 2010 or so. Don't you know this helping of animal radio was brought to you by Stella and Chewies. You know, pets thrive when they're fed the same food they get in the wild. And meal mixers are an easy, convenient way to add raw, nutrient-rich meat, wholesome fruits, vegetables, probiotics, and antioxidants to your pet's diet. Learn more over at StellaAndChewies.com. And thank you so much, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. This is Animal Radio, baby. Hi, Barbara. How are the pets? Um, I have a three-year-old uh, little mutt. She's wonderful. She's half Jack Russell and half uh, miniature pincher. And when I got her, um, about probably a month and a half after I got her, so she was probably about 10 weeks old or so, she developed a couple of little ball spots on her. So I took her to the vet, and the vet did a skin test with like a cheese slicer thing and took off a little bit of her skin and tested it and told me that she had red mange. And then okay. she'd gotten it from her mother from, you know, feeding when she was a puppy. Mm-hmm. And basically gave me a little you know, a little vial of medicine, which took care of those spots. And, and she's never had any sense, but told me that, that I would just basically have to live with the red mange forever. And she sheds. She's a wonderful dog, but she sheds so bad. And I was wondering so she, if there's anything I could do. <laughs> so does she have any lesions right now? No, she's never had any since those first two. Oh, well, wonderful. Good. And was she, she was a pup when she got those? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, she was only okay. about 10 weeks old. Well, super. And I'm going to kind of back up a little bit here because the kind of the layman's term, what we call red mange, is actually it's a type of mite called the demodex mite. And uh, your veterinarian's correct in saying that, you know, she probably was exposed to this from her mom. And her mom probably had it. But you know what? <laughs> There's so many dogs that actually are exposed to this mite. We don't even know if they have it or not. It's only when a pet is immunosuppressed that we really see this come on. And that's why it's so common in puppies. So okay. you can have you can have the the mange mite as a puppy and never ever ever have it again. So it's not something that you know she's going to be plagued with bad skin issues or problems down the road. 
there are some dogs as adults that if they get this mite, it can be a real problem, and it's much harder to deal with as an adult dog. But for the puppy that has a solitary single little spot or two, and if it responds with medication or Actually, in about 90% of the cases, it'll go away on its own once their immune system kicks in. So if that's all you had, then you're probably good. If she does at a later time develop more of a problem generalized over her body, then we really have to deal with some other therapies and medications such as dips or... Uh, long-term medicine with anti-mite treatments, um, but I, I don't think you're going to be in that category, and I don't think she will, and I, I think that uh, okay. maybe just those words, maybe just kind of, maybe a little misinterpretation as far as what they, they were trying to get across. This is Dr. Debbie. If you have a skin problem, or your pet does, <laughs> give me a call at one 405 I have actually been meaning to talk to you about this little <laughs> sore I got over here. Hey! What? Animal Radio doesn't have insurance. Animal Radio is underwritten by Neutralife Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Neutralife Pet with Sam E. Buy one box and get one free by using the code Animal Radio. Visit NeutralifePet.com. Hi, this is Elaine Hendricks on Animal Radio. Please, adopt a pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. (laughs) It's Animal Radio. And if you haven't had a chance to check out our Facebook page yet, it's fun. It consumes a lot of time because there's lots of videos and pictures of cute little animals. And in fact, we encourage you to upload your wacky pet pictures for Wacky Wednesday. Every Wednesday, we have a contest. The wackiest pictures with the most likes and the most shares picks up great prizes from our sponsors. This week, you'll pick up. We have a great variety gift box from Canine Carnivore Crunchies. Mm. This consists of chicken strips, dehydrated liver, turkey hearts, chicken gizzards, chicken feet, and beef trachea. Oh, you got to love the trachea. Mm, I know. And it's what I like about this is that it's all single ingredient treats. So there's nothing added to it. It's just plain chicken strips and plain turkey hearts. There's no grains, no sugars, no additives, no flavorings, no preservatives. It's just simple and pure, which is a great variety gift box from Canine Carnivore Crunchies. And if you want to pick that up, Upload your Wacky Wednesday pictures over at our Facebook page at Animal Radio. Joey Volani, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm splendid. Would you like a little bit of uh, eggnog? This is actually, uh, there's, no, there's no liquor in this eggnog. <laughs> it's just, just stay away uh, from well, that. That's right. I'll, I'll, I'll add my own. You'll add your own? Here. Stay away from that hot cocoa and rum. Yeah. That's, I learned my lesson over the weekend. Yeah, the big uh, holiday party here the at t- Animal Radio. Toddies, hot toddies, yeah. <laughs> so what's going on with you? You know what? Not too much, but I got a, um, I got a tip um, because my neighbor's dog got into some paint, Ooh. and um, they wanted to know if they had to um, cut the hair off of their dog to actually get rid of it. And there's actually a really, really easy recipe to get paint off your dog. No, does it matter what kind of paint? I was going to say, different paint might be easier. It doesn't matter if it's water-based, if it's oil-based. Okay. Now, of course, oil-based paint is going to be a little bit harder. But the process is, is, is exactly the same. Okay. The first thing I want to tell everyone, and this is the most important step, do not wash the dog or cat first. Because what that does is basically sets it in. See, what happens with paint is usually thick enough, um, whether it's um, 
oil-based or water-based. It will sit on the coat itself or sit on the fur itself. When you start mixing it with water and you thin it down even the slightest bit, it gets into the coat. Yeah. And that's going to make it difficult, and that yeah. might make the difference of whether you have to clip it on down um, or just um, you know use my recipe to get it off. So what you're going to do first is you want to let it dry. That's important um, because if, <laughs> really? if you don't, you're just going to be working colors into the coat. And you want to use an oil. Now, when I say oil, I'm not talking about motor oil, and I'm also not talking about an olive oil. But something like a mineral oil is perfect. And the reason why is the consistency of the oil. Olive oil is too light, and anything um, motor oil synthetic is um, would be toxic. Mineral oil is not going to be toxic, and baby oil actually works great because that's just another form of mineral oil, and if you can get the unscented, that's even better. And what you're going to do is you're going to put it on the spots, and you're going to saturate it. Let it sit a good 10, 15 minutes, and get a good brush, like a slicker brush, which is a wire brush with short pins. Now, if the dog's a short-haired dog, you know what? Um, you just want to be careful when you brush it. And what you're going to do is you're going to work that through. Now, what ends up happening is the oil gets between usually the paint and the coat itself. And what it does is it almost slide off. So as you're brushing it, wow. you're going to have to see it actually pull right off the coat. And, and the process is, listen, it's it's not always a quick process. In some situations, it's going to be. In others, it may not. It depends on the type of paint. It depends on how long it's been there, um, how deep into the coat it got. But it'll save your pet's coat from actually having to be, um, you know, trimmed. Now, there's definitely going to be some areas that you may have to clip and you may have to snip a little bit. But for the most part, you'll save your dog or cat's beautiful coat or fur, depending if it's a dog or a cat. And it's very simple. After after that, you want to take that mineral oil off. So then you have to wash it. So you have to wash the pet no matter what. Just don't wash it first. Mm. Oil, wash, get the oil off. And the easiest way to get oil off of a coat is to add the shampoo first without putting the water. So oil, shampoo, rinse. Oil, shampoo, Very rinse. Very easy. Okay. <laughs> oil, shampoo, rinse. What was uh, what inspired this? Was it a client of yours? No, he said his next door neighbor. Oh, next door neighbor. Okay, yes. well, next door neighbor was painting the house, and um, the um, dog apparently um, walked through, and, and, and it's an Afghan. Um, oh walked no! The, um, <laughs> yeah, walked through the paint tray. Um, oh. As as yeah, and Afghans aren't usually the smartest of the breeds, and um, when when. Um, they finally realized that they have dog tracks, and they looked at the dog. Um, she said about halfway, you know, up the dog's paw was paint, and that was, you know, they they could have used the paw as a paintbrush, but the amount of coat that the dog had. <laughs> you see, and I would have gone immediately to wash it off. That would, yeah. that would have made it much worse. Because that's what we always think. We always think that right away soap and water, which soap and water is going to clean just about, any dirt, but when it comes to a product like um, um, paint, that's especially if it's oil-based, you're just going to set it right in there. Okay, there you go. The Dog Father, Joey Volani, right here on Animal Radio. Now, make sure if you get somebody a dog for Christmas, that is not a surprise. But just in case one of you ends up with a brand new puppy, and it happens to be a stinky puppy, there are no higher praises than Lucy Pet Products Pup-A-Dub-Dub, Pup-A-Dub-Dub, Gentle Formula Shampoo, 
and their leave-in conditioning spray. And you know, you can also use it on adult dogs to make them smell like a puppy again. It's like a brand new car smell. It's like a new puppy smell. Like a new puppy smell, yes. <laughs> and I tell you, they'll be so soft and they'll smell wonderful. This is just fantastic shampoo. And the greatest thing is, and you remember when you were a kid and you'd get like soap in your eyes and you had to go and get that uh, no more tears shampoo. Oh, yes. This will help you avoid puppy tears. The new, the Puppa Dub Dub gentle formula. You don't want puppy tears. Those are the worst. Yes. And then you can use a leave-in conditioner as a little spray refreshener between baths and make them smell good just before you bathe them. So if you know someone that's getting a pup for Christmas or has a pup or a dog or even a cat. And yes, I've tried this stuff on my ferret. <laughs> Lucy Pet Products, they give back to the community. They give back to the animals. Lucy Pet Products are products with a cause. Check them out at Petco and your independent retailer. Coming up, we have Tracy Stewart on. She is John Stewart's wife. Better half, as you put it. Yes, his better half. And a big animal lover. We'll also find out John Stewart's relationship with his animals. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Welcome, my friend. If you're just joining us, you missed an incredible last hour, and you can listen to it over at AnimalRadio.com. But this hour promises to be just as wonderful. We have Tracy Stewart on. She is John Stewart's wife. Better half, as you put it? Yes, his better half. And a big animal lover. We'll also find out John Stewart's relationship with his animals uh, over there at the ranch. They have a big ranch, like 15 million farm acres. House. They farm. call it a farm. Farm. Yeah. I think if it's on the East Coast, it's a farm. Oh, I think it, it depends if you have horses and cows. It's kind of a ranch if you're out there riding oh, horses. But if it's a right. farm like ca- cows and pigs and chickens, it's more a farm. They have a pig, don't they? I think so. Uh, That's on the way. We're going to take your calls, but uh, first, let's check to see what we're going to hear about in the news coming up at the bottom of the hour. Lori Brooks? Well, if you have a needle and thread sitting around the house, you could potentially keep your cat from killing birds. We'll give you the connection coming up. That's not strong enough to tie him up, so I don't know. (laughs) Or so their mouth closed. No. Uh, Let's go to the phones for your calls right now. Hi, Jody. What's up? I have a two-year-old cat, which has pretty much had the house to herself with everything. She's an indoor cat, and we just recently got two kittens, and now she has not gone, doesn't use her litter box, and she chews the hair on the back of her neck, um, well, until it bleeds. It's really kind of raw, and I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should give up the kittens or... Mm-hmm. How long have the kittens been in the home? Um, let's see, they have been here at least two months. Two months, okay. Yeah. And then, how do they relate? Do they interact at all with her? Um, one of them doesn't, and the other one actually goes and plays a little bit with her. You know, kind of chases her around and and stuff like that. And there's plenty of toys, and there's a cat tree, and I mean, there's plenty of things for her to do and for them to do. Okay, and you said she's chewing her fur out mm-hmm. and she's not using the box, is that correct? Yes, uh-huh. She used to use the litter box before and she wasn't, you know, she was fine before. And now all of a sudden now she doesn't want to use her litter box. And is that for both peeing and the pooping jobs or yes. one or the other? Yeah, for both. both uh-huh. Okay, 
And then um, tell me about um, when you got these kittens, did you just kind of um, have them in the same home? Were they separated at all? No, they were the same. They were cousins. Okay. Yeah. And um, how many litter boxes we got in this house? Three. Three litter boxes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as far as in anything else with your kitty cat that I need to know about, any other health problems along the way, anything else skin-related before your other kittens came into the home? Well, you know, she did have some, um, whenever there's something stresses her out, she does tend to pull her fur out. And so she had, before we even got the kittens when I first got her, and we had, you know, family and dogs and things like that, she got, you know, upset and nervous. And so she would pull her. So we changed the cat um, food because they said she's allergic to corn. So Mm -hmm. I changed it, and she seemed to be fine. And okay. She got over that problem. And now it's worse now. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that's kind of what I was suspecting as you describe it. So there are some cats that can have a psychogenic um, alopecia. Basically, they overgroom themselves out of their own anxiety. Um, that's not generally a case where food controls it. So that's where there's probably some degree of uh, either food allergy or other types of allergies for your kitty that we can medically control. So I'd want to make sure that you get that tackled and and maybe get her checked out with a vet to make sure we're on the right road physically with her health. Um, Psychologically, if we add new kittens or new cats to the home, the best way to do that is to gradually introduce um, a new cat or cats into the home. So if I could rewind your situation mm-hmm. my recommendations at the get-go would have been to keep your kitty to have free run of her house mm-hmm. and then add these kittens into a separate room where they can kind of start to get used to the smell of your cat mm-hmm. under the door um in kind of just getting used to the sights the sounds without really having a lot of physical stress physical alterate um, altercations um, or have to compete for resources like the litter box the food or for your affection um, that would be ideal and you can still do that we can take a step back, separate the kittens, give her the space that she needs to kind of reset and to calm herself. And I do that for at least a week, um, really to kind of let her reset. And in that time, we want to kind of return to what what we could do to motivate her to like these cats in the presence of the cats. So I'd add in a scent hormone, a pheromone, Mm -hmm. like uh, feel away. Um, add that in by a diffuser in the home. I would make sure we start feeding the cats on a certain time schedule. And we want to feed them on opposing sides of the separation. So if it's a door or if it's a screen door, what have you, we want the food not to always be available, but to be available only when she is around these other cats. And that is her reward for just tolerating the mere presence of those kittens. It's really kind of the way to look at it. Um, And we want to make sure that she learns that all good things happen when these kittens are around. And that kind of works psychologically to make her feel more comfort, less anxiety uh, with the presence of these babies. And then we work up to kind of gradually working them back into the environment, into the home. Um, and then sometimes even for kittens, if these guys are little and we've got an adult in the home, mm-hmm. I will put a collar and bell on the kittens mm-hmm. because that kind of gives the adult cat a little fair warning that the little whippersnappers are coming around Uh and then she can retreat she can go elsewhere and if she doesn't feel like um intervening and physically uh meeting up with the kitten then she can do her own thing and kind of uh retreat if you will um but i I think those are some of the things and then environmentally um you mentioned three litter pans i love that i want to make sure those litter pans are spread across the house that we don't have covers on them yeah different 
Okay, so spread so one in one room and one in another and Exactly. Yeah. So if you put all three litter pans in one room, it can be a territorial thing. So if it's more trouble to walk down this hallway that I'm going to get ambushed by this kitten, I may not want to go to that litter pan. So we want to make sure they're strategically in different areas. So if you have a two-story home, you want to have some upstairs and downstairs. You can't really take that away from them. they got to have that outlet. Um, and then make sure that the litter pans are uncovered. Um, make sure that, uh, you know, we, we've got plenty of perching sites. So you have a cat tree. I'd also look for other ways that we can give her some special places to get away, whether uh-huh. they're little cat, um, hammocks for the windows or another tree or, or heck, some, even some nice big boxes that you can let her, uh, kind of climb and get into. Uh-huh. Um, those are good for physical and mental security. It kind of gives them a place to hide. So, yeah. so. What about Alicia? a place outside, like, making an outdoor place where she can't actually get outside, but it's outside. That. Yeah, that that can be great environmentally as well. So she can have something else to focus on. Now, it could be a position where that might be a little sensory overload if you have, especially if you have other kitties outdoors in the area. Mm-hmm. If you don't, um, then it might be fun for her to watch the birds, to have things to, to watch. But uh, if you have a lot of stray cats or cats in the neighborhood, that could actually amp up her anxiety more. So um, you kind of got to know your situation there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, well, ho- hopefully that can help. And, you know, if she is a excessive groomer and she has a certain degree of anxiety, there are some of these kitties that I do put on behavior medications, and it can really help them cope. Um, but by itself, medication will fail. So you really have to do these other physical and re- environmental changes as well. Okay. So by moving the litter box around, maybe she'll get used to going in her litter box instead of that. Always. In her litter box, yeah, and not have to compete or to have to worry about where she's walking if the kittens are going to be in that immediate area. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, hope that's of some help for you. And, well, thank uh, Jody. You. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jody. We appreciate your call. Good luck with those little fur balls. Yes, thank you so much. one 866 Huh? Uh-oh. What is it? You forgot the number. <laughs> 405 You got it now. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's been a long time. Hi, Alex. How are you doing? Well, I've got uh, two chocolate labs, and um, one's seven years old and the other one's two, and they've gotten into the habit of, um, I have some several uh, koi ponds in my backyard, and when I'm cleaning them, um, they eat the string algae. Hmm. So I'm wondering Yucky. if there's anything bad about that and they they also eat the oranges off my orange tree but um. mm. <laughs> they're not eating the koi though are they no they're not eating the koi but uh, i was they seem to enjoy it, and i was wondering if there's any possible uh, medical problems with that or you know should i worry about the fact that they're eating the algae or well, yeah, there is, there is definitely that potential. Um, and I'd have to say, uh, my dogs would be like all over the fish and they would care less about the algae. They would be like, <laughs> the word fish sends my Labrador is crazy and they, they watch for something in the water. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah, as far as with algae, there is the potential that that can be a problem. And there are cases where we can actually get blue green algae that kind of blooms, especially during the warmer weathers. Um, when that goes into a bloom, there is a potential toxic that they can get from that if they're eating it um, in, in enough amount. And it can be pretty serious. Um, but ha- have they had any ill effects as, as of yet? Oh, no. They've, um, they all see, they seem fine. I mean, they, they don't eat it on a regular basis. But, I, I mean, I've seen them a few times where they'll eat a big clump of it. It's string algae. Mm-hmm. It's a green string algae. And, um, yeah. 
and I don't know my algaes really well, so I can't tell you probably like what the potential is there for that particular type. But, but definitely blue-green algae in different ponds and even uh, reservoirs, you know, bodies of water. That is definitely something that there'll be even seasonal blooms where you know there may be warnings out in in um, different uh, like park areas and so forth. So I would be cautious, especially during the summer months. Um, it's probably one of those things as much as you can do to deter them from ingesting that. I would I would encourage that. The other thing is sometimes even from ponds, we can see problems with uh, organisms like Giardia. Um, so that would be potentially be a concern as well. And that can uh, that's a microscopic parasite that can lead to diarrhea, vomiting, and people can get it too. So it's always a lovely thing to be worried about. Yeah, so um, like that. Um, good, good. Fine. They don't throw up or anything. Very good. Well, that's amazing because being Labradors, they do tend to like to eat things, and usually yeah. that becomes brought up at a later date for um, the fun and enjoyment of the whole family. <laughs> How about the oranges? Is that a good concern? N- not in the sense of uh, anything that's going to be real serious. Um, if they were to eat large pieces or intact oranges, that would definitely be the foreign body concern. And, you know, it might sound crazy to think a dog might eat a full orange, but um, I wouldn't put it past a Labrador. <laughs> Because no, they, they would, up. they they basically just they want do. To sit there and pick it off and shoot it with pieces. They actually peel them. Yeah, he actually peels it, and then um, wow, he'll eat the, he'll eat the uh, the orange, the meat, and then he'll eat the peels after. Wow, that that's something. But no, I know it'll affect from that. So as long as as long as we're not having, do you have any other fruit trees or anything that are around? Um. Oh yeah, I have an apple tree, and they love the apples. <laughs> they, they They're vegetarians, love. huh? Yeah, I, and there's a grapefruit tree, but they won't touch the grapefruit. But they they like the oranges and they like the apples. Uh, well, good. They got some standards there as far as grapefruits. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so well, I uh, I definitely see. Uh, the challenge in keeping these little guys out of your um, your koi pond, but as much as you can, I'd say keep them away from that algae. And okay. um, hey, you know, if they like the fruit, vegetables, um, all that, well rounds out the diet. There, <laughs> this is Dr. Debbie. If you have a question, give us a call. We're here at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Animal Radio is underwritten by Neutralife Ultra Joint and Liver Support from Neutralife Pet with Sam E. Buy one box and get one free by using the code Animal Radio. Call 1-844-PET-SAME. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. Oh, fresh powder. I'll get the skis. Ugh, I can't. Winter nasal congestion. Is it A, cold, B, sinus pressure, C, allergies? I'm not sure. For all of the above, the answer is D, Allegra D, a maximum strength decongestant plus a powerful non-drowsy antihistamine for 24 hours of relief. Feel better? (sighs) Yep. Feel like racing? (laughs) Hey, wait. This winter, the answer is Allegra D. Look for Allegra D at the pharmacy counter. Use as directed. 
Last week, Julie Carroll posted a status that read, Just had the most delicious banana ever. It got two likes and four comments. Well, Julie Geico also wants to make a comment. What if we told you in as little as 15 minutes you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico? With those hundreds of dollars, we bet you can find another banana equally, if not more delicious, than the one you had last week. Hashtag go bananas. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Like the taste of fresh apples? Try an Angry Orchard hard cider. At Angry Orchard, we believe in tradition. That's why we use apples from a 100 year old orchard it takes two apples to make each bottle of angry orchard so raise a glass to a time when apples were best served in a pint glass angry orchard when you're looking for something a little different crisp refreshing and not too sweet just like me angry orchard hard cider branch out angry orchard cider company cincinnati ohio drink responsibly hey everybody this is billy dean and you're listening to animal radio you're listening to animal radio Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. Around my house, we celebrate both Hanukkah and Christmas because we get twice the presents. That's why we <laughs> that do. That would be you. And this, well, that means a lot for the cats because we have four cats and a dog, and of course, you got to double their presents. And really, Hanukkah is a present every day for twelve days. Wow. So that's like twenty-four presents just for Hanukkah for uh, a couple of the cats. And so it's a lot for of presents. Twelve days. I, I I thought it was eight days. Yeah, it is eight days. I it's twelve days of Christmas. Eight days uh, of look at you! <laughs> you don't know what you're. You know what? I think it just gives your cats a lot of opportunity to ignore more toys that you put in front of them. <laughs> well, you know, there's not a lot of toys you can get for a cat, other than the uh, little hangy feather thing and the catnip, the catnip and yeah. the, the lasers. But uh, so once you've done got three toys, that's about it. That's all you can really get. Maybe oh, there's stuff. some interactive stuff there for is. them. Yeah, but. Ours paper bags. They're some of the best things. Yes. You, put, you put cat treats in a paper bag. It is so much fun for them. Or even a cardboard box. You hide snacks inside cardboard box and cut out little holes and let them put their little paws in there and have fun with it. Yes. And of course, it's the wrapping paper they like the most anyway. Yeah. So oh, While you're wrapping. Yes. Well, have you done your shopping yet, Dr. Debbie? Me? Gosh, yes. no. <laughs> You remember? Come on, you guys. Last I'm an internet shopper this year. I am, I'm trying to buy a humbug any of that bad, like, commercialism vibe. So, you know, I'm doing it on the computer at home. I hear you. I hear you. This is the first year I've done, I'm done shopping and I did it all online. I did not step foot inside one store. And uh, the trends and the research shows that actually this year a lot of people are doing, and most people, a majority of the people are doing their shopping online instead of rushing to that. Early sale, uh, like Black Friday, I used to be really into that. No. Who wants to be up at 6 a.m. to, to save $50 on something? And you know? That's only if you can get it. By the time you get in there, somebody in front of you got the last one. And, you know, I don't do this set your alarm thing. If you can't, if you want my business, you'll make it hours that I'll go and visit your store. You there know? you go. So they, You spoke and they have listened. So take that. Yeah, yes. take that. <laughs> you know, like, coming up in just a few minutes on the show, Tracy Stewart. And Tracy Stewart is John Stewart from The Daily Show. Well, he used to host The Daily Show. You remember him. And he, I believe he even hosted the Academy Awards once, or the Oscars, I believe it was. One of those, yes. I really religiously watched him every night for years. That's where I got my news, because I knew it was going to be correct. And, of course, he retired about six months ago. I hated to see him go. And But I found out his wife is a big animal lover. 
I know. I didn't know that about her. She's written a book. She's uh, She, I believe, actually has many, many animals on their farm. And I'm curious to find out, you know, John Stewart seems like a pretty nice guy. I wonder how he gets along with his animals. So we'll find out and we'll ask her. She'll be uh, on in about, uh, oh, in a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori Brooks, what do you got going on? There has been a sighting of this incredibly rare animal in a park in the United States. And it's never, ever been seen there before. But I'm going to give you an off-the-wall clue if you want it. I don't know. Well, give it off-the-wall. Please. Yes, yes. My clue is, I can't get it out of my head. This story reminds me of Miss Hathaway on the Beverly Hillbillies. Huh. Okay, boy. I'm not dating myself. It made it worse for me. I can't yeah. figure it out. So we'll just have to stick around and find out right here on Animal Radio. Let's take your calls right now, toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Oh, don't forget, you can ask your questions also from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And it's a free download thanks to those folks over at Doctors, Fosters, and Smith. Hey, Roy. Hi, how are you today? Very good. How are you? Good. You sound so cheery. Good. And happy, happy holidays. Thank you. I have a uh, little three-year-old chihuahua. His name is MacGyver. And <laughs> I, like I buy him, I try to try not to feed him uh, any food with corn, uh, wheat, or soy in it. So I got the uh, the Buffalo Blue. He's been eating that for several years, but he, he doesn't really eat it. Like, he'll go to the bowl, he'll eat it, and he'll, he'll take one kibble, turn away, chew it, come back, chew another one, go, go back. And he'll do that maybe a couple times, and then he'll stop eating it. I'm wondering if, like, is there anything I can mix in with it that he'll eat the kibbles and everything? Or so, maybe I mean, I'll leave that up to you to decide. Yeah, and, you know, I guess I I would make that decision based a little bit on what he's looking like and if he's eating that food during the day. So if he's in good body condition and he's just a grazer and he likes to pick up that one kibble, walk away and nibble, that's fine with me. Some some pets, that is just their pattern of eating. And so especially if he's in good weight or if he's on the heavy side, I don't think we need to necessarily encourage appetite in those situations. And, and I would just let him have his normal eating style. But we would want to make sure that there isn't some undetected health problem that could be causing him to not eat so eagerly. So if he were here in front of me, the first thing I would do is look in his mouth. Chihuahuas notoriously can have some problems with their teeth. If we've got any bum teeth in there, we need to address that and make sure that those are taken care of. Well, that is true because they did have uh, two extracted like uh, about seven to eight months ago. Okay. Might be a reason just to take another peek in there. Um, But there are some other things that will cause a dog to not be a a hardy eater, and they're kind of more internal, inflammatory bowel disease, or even some liver problems. You know, those kind of things can also cause them to kind of be off on their food. So if he's losing weight or skinny and not eating well, then that would take us in a different direction where we'd talk about doing more like lab work to um, determine what might be going on there. Well, thank you very, very much for answering my question. I really do appreciate that. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. 
I'm Lori Brooks. A stunning, colorful, little male songbird is drawing some huge crowds in New York to Brooklyn's Prospect Park, where the painted bunting, which is a bird, a member of the Cardinal family, has never been seen before. Park visitors have seen a female painted bunting. It's the less colorful of the two sexes, of course, as that goes. But that was as recently as five years ago, so that's kind of long. The male bunting, though, is spectacular. It's got this bright blue head, yellow, kind of yellowish green shoulders, and a super bright orange, almost red belly. It's unbelievable. It's thought that the bird was likely en route to its winter home because, you know, they migrate to Florida or Central America in the wintertime. Uh, But that trek usually happens in September. So why was this male bird in New York in December? It's still a puzzle people are thinking about. The painted bunting, though, is labeled as near-threatened by the International Union for the Conservation of Nature, and it is protected by the U.S. Migratory Bird Act. A brightly colored cat collar, which could reduce the amount of prey caught by cats, will be the object of a new study. They're really kind of more like collar covers, just a a tube of brightly colored fabric which slips over a cat's collar. And it's designed to make cats who are hunting more visible to birds. Researchers say that many birds have advanced color vision, and so they should see bright colors really well, even in low light at nighttime. So in a similar study, in Australia they did on this cat collar. The collar covers were found to reduce the amount of birds captured by cats by up to 54%. And once again, you can thank the microchip for reuniting a lost pet with its owner. Only in this case, the dog had been missing for seven years. Little mixed breed Mishka was only three years old when she got out of her yard, but she was found late last month and turned into a shelter in Ohio where the owner used to live, and now the owner lives in Tennessee. But the shelter in Ohio says it was kind of difficult to find the dog's microchip because, you know, it's normally located between the shoulder blades, but somehow over the years, Mishka's chip had moved and was finally located on her side by her ribs. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster & Smith Pet Supplies have a Vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Rimadil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix Flea and Tick Preventive. Doctors Foster & Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Get your plenty card at Exxon or Mobile and start earning points at lots of places. So I get points for filling up at Exxon? You sure do. What about getting coffee at Mobile? Points. Streaming TV shows on Hulu? Definitely. Points on my AT&T wireless bill? Yep. Buying soap? At Rite Aid. Buying you a birthday present? Points at Macy's. Visiting your parents? No. You get marriage points. Oh. Exxon and Mobile are the only fuel brands that are part of Plenty, the rewards program that lets you earn points at one place and use them at another. Join Plenty for free through a participating Exxon or Mobile station today. Terms and limitations apply. See Plenty.com slash partners for details. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. 
Pets Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets, and we'll head back to the phones in just a couple of minutes, toll-free at 1-866-405-8405 for Dr. Debbie or for dog father Joey Villani. And I can tell you, and you probably noticed, I haven't been my usual jovial self for five months now, and it's really just getting over the withdrawal of the Daily Show and Jon Stewart. (laughs) Uh, leaving the airwaves. But what I go on to find out is that his wife, who I'm sure, you know, is the driving force behind him. It's always the woman behind the man, Hal. You know that. This young lady is an animal advocate to the nth degree, and she's written a book called Do Unto Animals. We welcome to the show Tracy Stewart. Hi, Tracy. How are you doing? Hi, Hal. Great to be here. So now you are a former vet tech. Were you a vet tech before you met John or after? And what influence? I understand that he kind of helped you form the direction that you're going now or encouraged you to do what you're doing now. He did. I wasn't a veterinary technician when I met him. I was actually working in design. I had gone to school for that. And it was him who actually noticed in me that, um, you know, I kept moving from job to job thinking that it was working. You know, I didn't get the right design job. Uh, and he was the one who said to me, you know, you're, you're such a passionate person, and yet every day you go to work and live such a passionless life because you don't really care about what you're doing. You know, what is it that you want it to do? And he, he knew um, where he was leading me. He knew that, you know, I loved animals and that I always had dreamed of being a veterinarian when I was younger. But I had talked myself out of that over and over again because I felt like because I was so empathetic about animals, I thought it would actually destroy me to work more closely with them and to get in really close and to have to experience what I imagine I'd have to experience um, working as a, a veterinarian. Um, and so he was the one who convinced me that I actually probably really did need to cry um, in order to feel fulfilled and actually to be happier. Wow. Um, and you're absolutely right. Wow. I to go back and become a veterinary technician. Now, does John and your children, do they share your passion for the animals? Yes, they're, thank God they do. <laughs> Although I will say today, as I was getting ready to come into the city, I got an email about someone that needed a, uh, needed a home for a parrot. And I was reading it at, at, at the breakfast table, and my son literally said, Mommy, no. <laughs> oh, wow. So I think that doesn't happen in most households, but uh, it happens in mine because, uh, you know, our, our rooms are filled with animals. Well, how many animals do you have, and, and what kind? Um, so we have three horses, we have four pigs, four dogs, two rabbits, or I'm sorry, three rabbits, two guinea pigs, one hamster, two fish, and one parrot. Wow. Are, wow. are any allowed in bed at night? Because that's my question. I have cats on either side of me that don't let me move. Four of them are allowed in bed at <laughs> night. Um, and so there isn't a lot of sleeping that goes on. Not only is four, there are four animals and two children. Oh. Uh, so uh, there's not a lot of sleep that happens. But, you know, the nice thing about with writing this book and all the things that I've been trying to teach my kids is they really do understand the idea that animals need individual care. So I think they're well aware when I say, hey, should we bring a parrot home? They know, like, wait, we're already maxed out at our individualized care and enrichment for all our, our animals. And so <laughs> unlike most kids, they say, please, Mommy, stop. You're listening to Animal Radio. We're with Tracy Stewart, the better half of the Stewart family, John Stewart, from uh, former host of The Daily Show, who will uh, have a few questions about him in just a couple of seconds. I, I just have to ask, you mentioned you have pigs. Not uh, not a lot of people have pigs. I don't know much about pigs, but uh, you said they have superpowers in your book? <laughs> 
Well, their superpower is that they're incredibly intelligent, which I don't think people realize. Um, and so we have two pigs right now that we've just adopted from Farm Sanctuary, and they actually have their own Facebook page, which I'll give a <laughs> plug out. Uh, it's, uh, it's the Daily Squeal. Uh, but they are they're just such incredible little girls, and they love people. And so I've had a lot of friends coming over, and certainly during the holidays I had my family come over. And it really, um, I think people, you know, you don't have a lot of experience in, experiences in life where you actually meet a pig. Um, and so I think when people actually meet a pig, they realize just how smart they are, how much like their dogs they are. And it is very impactful. So, I, you know, there wasn't a guest from my Thanksgiving that, that met the pigs that didn't walk away and say, well, now you've done it, Tracy. Like, yeah. now I can't enjoy pork anymore. So, you know, oh, my evil no. plan worked. But they're really such wonderful little animals. Your husband, America intimately knows your husband for from years of just seeing him on TV over and over. How has he reacted to the animals in your house? I'm always curious how, you know, we know he's a funny guy. We know he's great with, with people. How does he react with the animals? And is there a certain animal that maybe he takes a liking to or, or takes a liking to him? Yes. Well, you know, he pretends, because he's funny, he pretends to be upset by all of the animals in the house. So every time I bring somebody new in, he recognizes there's comedy in that um, to protest. But deep down, you know, I wouldn't do it if I didn't know that he was a complete uh, sucker just like me. I mean, he really is. He has such a big heart, and he does love animals. Uh, but we ended up adopting two potbelly pigs um, before we had adopted the two industrial pigs. So we have um, Christopher Robin and Pugsley, and they actually had come from a little bit of a you know, hard time. So they are afraid of men. Oh. So when John would go out into the pasture with them, you know, all he wanted to do was love them, and they, you know, they wanted nothing to do with them, with him. So when we brought Anna and Maybell, who are our two pigs, to the property, he loves them and they love him. Uh, and so I'll come home from uh, doing something and he'll say he was over there and I'll say, where were you? And I was just sitting with them, you know, rubbing Aww. their bellies. And he really loves them. Yeah, we fight over who our dogs love more. Um, but it is me. Um, <laughs> but he won't, he won't accept us. Okay, well, the book is great. I love the title. It really says it all just in the title. And the title is Do Unto Animals, A Friendly Guide, How Animals Live and How We Can Make Their Lives Better. By Tracy Stewart. I have 10 copies to give away right now at 1-866-405-8405. If you're not lucky enough to get on through, head on over to Amazon or your local bookstore and order it up. Thanks so much for hanging with us today. Oh, thank you so much. This is Animal Radio. Hello, everybody. It's Robert Sembro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List. It's the holidays, and that means finding that awesome gift that everyone will go crazy for. For some out there, thoughts turn to the gift of a pet. It's a big decision for anyone to get or give a pet as a gift, and we thought we'd be Santa's little helpers here at Animal Radio by giving you a list of some of the things that everyone should consider before turning to a pet as a gift. All right, the thought of a cute puppy, kitten, bird, fish, or reptile has been dancing through your head like sugar plums. Well, consider some of these things before you decide Santa should come down the chimney and deliver that holiday pet. This is a lifelong commitment for your pet and for its adopted family. Look at the situation and ask yourself, how much time is available to devote to that new pet? If it's a new puppy or kitten, you're going to have training requirements that are going to cut into any schedule if not your favorite furniture or fuzzy slippers. 
All pets require a time commitment for care, exercise, bonding, and in many cases, behavior. Also, pets like birds can live from 10 to 50 to 80 years or more. Dogs and cats live for decades. Keep this in mind. Your pet is counting on you to be there for the duration. If something happens, what's your plan for their well-being? Costs are another consideration. Does your budget have room for additional expenses that come along with this new pet? Are you able to provide food, shelter, toys, medical expenses, and more? These are ongoing costs that will continue throughout the lifespan of your new pet. These costs can be far outweighed by the love of a dog, cat, or other wonderful pet. But they're costs nonetheless. Lifestyle. What is the pet's lifestyle and doesn't match up with yours? Just because you love to participate in triathlons does not mean that your new pet is going to want to be a part of them as well. Consider your lifestyle in multiple ways. Is your place big enough for the pet you are considering? Will you be home enough to provide care and companionship? Does your landlord or your significant other allow pets like the one you're considering? Will your pet wear an ugly Christmas sweater in next year's family Christmas card? Okay, some considerations are more important than others, but the point remains, give proper consideration to this important decision to add a family member. Giving the gift of a pet can make you feel like Santa, only to turn you into the Grinch if you don't put proper time and consideration into your choice for the perfect pet. Examine the circumstances that exist not only today, but as best you can predict for the future. One last thought for all of you with a pet on your holiday gift list, adopt, don't shop. And if you're looking for that perfect pet addition to your family, consider an adult pet. They've often already been trained, are well adapted, and they're just looking for someone's heartfelt love this holiday season. Happy Holidays! You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Now, this uh, next call needs a little bit of setup. Last week, we got a call. Someone asked how to uh, calm their reindeer. They were they had... Uh, female reindeer. Female reindeer. That's when we actually discovered that Rudolph may actually be a female. Right, because if they have antlers at this time of year, they're females. Yeah. And so some lady called in. I guess she was showing off her reindeers uh, down at a mall or something like that. Well, and she she uses them for Santa's little workshop and stuff at this time of year. Now, it says up on the board that we have a, a reindeer expert, some, a listener calling in who knows yes, a little bit about who, reindeer. who can help us with reindeer. What's his name? Victor. Hey, Victor. How are you doing? Hello. Yes. Uh, well, by all means, I'm not an expert, uh, <laughs> and, but, I, but I appreciate uh, your comments. Well, do you have uh, reindeer? Uh, no, neither. But one thing I know is that uh, uh, a lot of the food that is being sold in the stores for animals does contain gluten. Yes. And uh, it affects us, so I can just imagine that, uh, that it should affect us. She mentioned, uh, you know, radical behavior and stuff, and uh, so she probably should uh, watch the gluten uh, and also uh, St. John's Wort. St. John's Wort. Now, isn't that a, a supplement? Yes. Okay. Is and it like an, an all-natural herb? An herb? An herb? It's uh, a natural herb, okay, which is really good. Yeah. And, uh, it, should be, it should be safe. Okay, I appreciate it. Very. Thank you very much. I know that uh, I'm on now a gluten-free food myself, and I feel a whole lot better. 
makes Polar. a difference. Well, yeah. well, in most, in a lot of animals that are grazers, they do better when they're eating more a, a grass-based diet. So, oh. in general, for most types of, you know, uh, horses, cows, caribou, you know, we're going to talk about that as a healthier thing. So, grains are going to be very limiting, um, limited, I should say, because we don't want them to get too rich of a diet. Mm. So we, want their, we want their tummy to work for it. Okay, good to know. Uh, and then, of course, if you do see the very angry reindeer at the mall, give them that suggestion about the... Take gluten. away the gluten. Yeah. Fast. More gluten. Thanks for your call, <laughs> Victor. Don't... We appreciate it. Toll free, one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to the Dream Team. Hi, Pam. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are you today? Very good. Where are you? In Santa Maria, California. How can we help you today? Well, I'm calling because uh, we have a behavioral problem with our deaf puppy. Uh, okay. Our puppy is um, a year old, and we've had her since she was uh, two months old. And we've gone through training sessions with her, and she's done fairly well. But in the last three months, she has been growling and biting at me if I try to remove her from the couch or chair or something that she just doesn't want to do. And I don't know how to correct her on this. Okay, so she has basic obedience. Does she know how to do like a, a sit, uh, come? Do you, have you taught her those commands? Yes, we went through puppy school twice. <laughs> okay, and she does those. Yes. Okay, so I'm assuming you have taught her hand signals. Is that what she's uh, you're teaching her off of? Yes, we use hand signals with her. Yeah. Now, does she have any other problems? Like in the, at night, if she's on on the bed with you and you try to scooch her, does she tend to get upset about that kind of stuff? No, um, she has a nice bed, and she's very comfortable. Uh, Good. And um, about uh, a month ago, we purchased another puppy, about uh, four months old, who has been a great companion for her. And uh, we thought that might uh, give her some companionship that she doesn't have otherwise. I would say that I'm, a, I'm with uh, your situation, Pam. I, I'm not quite certain whether her problem is because she's deaf or if she's just being obstinate and being a little bit dominant in some of those situations. So, the the first thing, and it's great that you have her trained to hand signals because deaf dogs can learn all those same commands. They just need to read our body language. The thing that we want to make sure if she's getting uh, kind of saucy in certain situations and doesn't want to follow your commands. My thought is that I would not want to lose physical control, and I want you to have a ability to control her and to give her direction, and if she does not follow that, you can remove her safely. One of the best ways to do this is to use a, a light training collar with a head harness, and especially for deaf dogs, it's so good because it helps them direct their eyes to you um, because it c- kind of corrects kind of like a bridle on a horse. So that would be something important. Um, now, it seems... It might be a little unrealistic to use this all the time, but it's uh, when you're in the home or when you anticipate you might be in these situations where she can get a little bit obstinate, that's where I'd really want to use that. And then always reward, reward, reward after you give her a correction. And you, if you sense that she's starting to give you a little bit of sass, um, we want to focus on the positive and not focus on that negative response. All right. I'll certainly get one of those callers and, and work with her on that. 
And now there's another thing, too, and if, if you've already got her trained, it may not be something you need to do, but for some folks with deaf dogs, we'll actually use vibration collars um, to help catch their attention and to kind of maybe potentially stop a behavior. Say she's running out and going to get hit by a car. If we have a deaf dog trained to a vibration collar, they basically, it's not a zapping collar, it's not a um, correction in that way, but it gives a, a light vibration, tells her to look for you, and then you can give her the, the hand signals and the commands. So that's another way that's kind of a, another step you can graduate up to, but that is something that for some pet owners with deaf dogs, it really can be a, a big difference. And actually, I don't know, it, there's a great website out there. Have you ever checked out, uh, there's a website called deafdogs.org? Uh, no, I haven't. I would say check that out because there's some very nice training tips there, and I actually send some of my clients down there, especially with some of the Australian Shepherd owners that have, um, you know, the deaf dogs. So give that a try and uh, keep up the good work with the training proof that these little deaf uh, puppy dogs they can be wonderful pets just take a little extra love and attention well there you go another one in the can for you really no 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 no. thanks for joining us today we really appreciate so many people that joined us including you and comedian rachel reinstra and uh, tracy stewart all all fun people and we have more information about them over at the website if you need a fix during the week Head on over to AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. And don't forget Dr. Debbie's books, especially if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer. She has a book called How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. And uh, we're trying to encourage her to do some other breeds. I'm working on that. But you can find those over at Amazon.com and their Kindle books. And we have links from AnimalRadio.com. And don't forget, she has a little practice there in uh, Las Vegas called Lone Mountain Animal Hospital. I always mess it up. That's why I was just going to let you do it. (laughs) So if you're in the area there and need a good doc, definitely check her out. Have yourself a great week. And Merry Christmas. Yes. Have a safe one. Ho, ho, ho. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.